backstage capital. What's happening? <laughs> can, we get, can we get a roll call? What do we have on the on the phone right now? Like this is Frazier or something. Hello, it's Critty P. Awesome. Christy, AKA Christy Pitts. Christy Pitts, yes, that's right. Partner at backstage. I have never seen Frazier. Mm, we'll talk about that in a moment, okay? Because that is not okay. <laughs> Who else do we have in the building? Hey, this is Brittany, uh, also a partner at Backstage. Cool, cool. And where are you calling in from, Brittany? Yeah, so I live right outside of DC in Northern Virginia. Where are you calling in from, Christy? The Bay Area. Yes. And who else do we have here? Chacho Valdez, AKA Catch You on the Flippity Flip. Mm. I am in Metro Detroit and I'm a principal at Backstage. Yes. And okay. the office enthusiast. That, that is very true. That is very true. Um, okay, y'all, this is March 15th. We're finally here. We've been trying to be here for a while. Uh, don't want to rush life, but it, we were, since February 1st, we've been looking forward to this day, I think. So um, I'm just going to ask a couple of questions that I've heard people ask, and we're going to go through it and kind of give our take on things. Um, first of all, I just want to point out we're going to send that this is going to be a, on your first million podcast, but we're also going to send the link to this to all of our current investors that are on the Republic site. So just want to thank you all. Um, maybe what we can do is go like just go each person to say what it means to you and to backstage or however we want to frame it to directly to the investor. Maybe we'll start with Brittany. Yeah, so this is really exciting. Um, a big day here at Backstage and being part of kind of a, a big event within venture investing and the fact that you can participate with us as investors. So just really excited that we had so many people participate. Um, the community really turned out. And, you know, what it means to me, I guess I think about like the whole ecosystem, I think benefits when more people participate. So the fact that we had so many new investors um, and people that really believe in our vision that wanted to kind of join us in our journey means a lot. And I think it'll mean a lot for the ecosystem for a long time going forward. Now that you have, you know, a few more thousand people that are now investors in a, in what we're doing. So yeah, it's just really excited. And every, every time I kind of look at the, the campaign, I'm just like blown away by all the support. Absolutely. Um, Chacho, what does it mean to you? It's really exciting. I think I personally want to help uh, underrepresented people in the US and around the world really create generational wealth. One of the ways to do that is by building companies. Um, and then another way is to just be knowledgeable. And I think one of the things that we're providing here is access to what we've learned over the past five plus years of investing in early stage founders and for that knowledge at as little at as little of a price as a, at a hundred dollars i feel is um accessible um and maybe not for everybody of course but we're tr i think trying to make it as accessible as possible what was typically reserved for funds gps or whoever had a carry share or lps um we're now making available to everyday investors, um, both accredited and not accredited. Uh, so I, th I think that's what excites me the most is being able to um, sort of share in our learnings and 
um, help educate our investors as well as, um, you know, hopefully create returns for them as well. Yes. Thank you. Christy, what does this mean? This rate? I think something that's really, yeah. So I think there's a couple of things that are really cool about this. So first of all, March 15th is significant, not just for backstage, but it's significant across the whole landscape because the SEC just updated their rules. Um, so up until now, after the Jobs Act passed, you could only raise $1 million on a crowdfund. And starting today, you can raise $5 million on a crowdfund. And I think this is so important and so many people are sleeping on this because effectively, you, if you're a startup founder, you never have to raise from a VC until you get to like the series A plus, series B level, which is huge. And then, so like, I think that in and of itself is huge and it slept on. And then I think the other thing is like, the fact, you know, Chacho and Brady hit on all these points of why it's important that as a VC firm, we're also doing a crowdfund and we're providing access to people that wouldn't have access otherwise. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just really excited that we can be a part of this historic moment um, as a fund. And then also at, like, I'm excited to see what happens with startups being able to raise with a new limit. Yeah, I'll, I'll put my uh, two cents in. And I'll make it even more so about backstage, you know, um, because it, it, it is so it is so exciting to watch. I think I think Gumroad is going to probably raise five million dollars today. And that's a company, if you think about Sahil, who was an early investor in backstage. Um, I just invested a thousand dollars into Gumroad and it was so simple to do. Um, if you think about his story, he tells so transparently um, is about starting a company, being at the right place at the right time, being a great uh, leader, but then running into some trouble and having to kind of backtrack that and to start over again. Um, and he was, Sahil was featured on this podcast a few months ago. So check that, check that out to see what his thesis is. But to see his ability, like you said, Christy, to go out to the crowd and raise 5 million and not have to go to the same 20, you know, characters of the same investors who get to say yes or no is really interesting. I will say a little bit later, I want to want to pose to this, to this panel, uh, if, if we think everybody can do this though. Right. Um, but with backstage, what it means to me is I remember, and I know everyone here does too, because we, first of all, we've talked about it already today, but also because it was such a, it was just such a tough time at backstage. I just remember a few months ago where we were figuring out if we were even, even going to be able to be in business in 2021. And I, I don't mean, you know, we, we'd still have our portfolio. We'd still be working towards those returns, but we, but the shop of backstage, the, the office of backstage <clears throat> takes money to run just like any company and, and maybe even more so than companies. And, uh, it had been such a struggle for the past six years and decade, really, uh, to just keep the lights on. And there's so many sacrifices made and so many people who have come to the, through these halls and have taken less money than they should have gotten. And, and the, the three of us here, the three of you all here um, are, are a testament to that. But then the idea of like, we we didn't want it to end you know we were going to do anything we could that was reasonable moral legal and we were just going to make it work on fumes like we had been doing and so to go and look at this page and see 
a million dollars on in february february which already was like that's our 2021 that makes it possible for backstage to do the work we do that so many people are impressed by from afar but they may not understand that it, it is just a few people putting elbow grease into it and then today march 15th to reopen it with a new extension and a new cap or maximum i should say and to see so many people enthusiastically investing and knowing that that is going to lay the foundation for so much runway for us that we get to move forward i can't stress enough how much of an impact our ability to wake up every day and do what we do how much of an impact that's going to have on founders and on the ecosystem itself as as uh, Brittany just stated um so that's what it means to me is like it is a, is a sigh of relief but it's also I'm, I'm just i'm just revved up i'm ready to go and and to do all the things that we have been waiting to do but couldn't do before which is if you've been impressed so far, wait till you see what we do. Um, so let's go back to that for anybody wondering, because we've got a lot of people, we can't be like the spokespeople for our spokespersons for the SEC. So please do your own research and homework. But I will say, let, I've seen the question, um, like how how is Sahil doing it? How is Backstage doing this? How are you raising so much money so fast? Even though there's a new cap, do we think that every founder can raise five million dollars in a day i mean in in a month let alone a day so let's make let's kind of myth bust yeah so i definitely don't think this and i was actually um just last week talking with the mebo society which is um an accelerator for underrepresented founders and we were talking about the benefits of raising from angels and vcs versus crowdfunding and the reality is in my opinion, that we saw that we were able to raise really quickly in February and we're seeing a lot of momentum now. And Sahil is also able to raise really quickly, but both Backstage and Gumroad have communities that we've been building for years. And so I think that crowdfunding is a, is a totally viable option for startups, but the skill set that you need in order to successfully crowdfund is totally different than the skill set that you need in order to, to execute a VC fundraise. And a big part of it comes down to the community that you've built and then also your ability to reach people and convert them into wanting to be owners of your business because that's what effectively you're offering them when you give them the opportunity to participate in a crowdfund. So I think it is really exciting because now with the new rules, startups can raise 5 million a year and they have this opportunity, but that doesn't necessarily mean like that because the rules changed, every startup is going to be able to easily do that. Yeah. Because if you look at the the old cap was 1.07 million, and not that many people had reached that. You know, you go towards it, you raise a hundred thousand, that's amazing, or you raise five hundred thousand. Um, and we were we were we talked about Don Dixon and, and Pierre Laguerre from from Fleeting and from Popcom, um, who both raised a million. Um, so I said when we first heard about these regulations, I said before I knew we were going to be using it ourselves. I think I tweeted that, um, or I know I tweeted that it is good news, but it's not going to necessarily affect a lot of people right away. It's going to affect the people who could reach that 1 million and maybe they can raise two or three or maybe five one day. But the more I've been uh, like immersed in this, the more how I'm just so excited. I think there are some fund managers 
who are emerging fund managers who can really get behind certain companies and help them raise in the two, three, four million range and up to five million. And I think that there's going to be a lot of collaboration with portfolio companies in those in those funds. And yes, we can talk about other funds doing what we're doing, but I think that's going to happen a lot where it's on their own, the company may not be able to do it. Um, but if they collaborate with someone um, who is just incredible at community, like so many people we know, I think that's a really great recipe. Yeah, I actually did just want to add to this because I was thinking about this, um, looking back at people like, like um, Dawn, who has raised successfully um, and done her crowd funds. I do think there is like a science that she has kind of dialed in on. And I do think that skill set is something that people can learn and that actually might be in some ways more accessible to a lot of founders than just the whole kind of black box of, of BC because you're dependent on a lot of other factors in venture that you don't see. And I think once people can dial in on what are the, the things I need to do to be successful with a crowd fund and get that, I mean, it's not like a clear playbook every time, but there are some factors. I think once you can understand that, it kind of unlocks just another option where if you're just dependent on a few VCs to get your business, like that's, they can kind of limit you in a lot of ways. So I, yeah, I'm excited. It doesn't work for everyone, but I do think it unlocks um, another path for a lot of other founders. It, give, it gives people such great options. And I, I have to wonder if there are some venture capitalists right now who are who are shaking in their boots, who are like, wait a second, are we going to be by, bypassed at a certain stage? Or, you know, and there's also some cons to doing this. There's a lot of, uh, you're, you're expo there's a lot of exposure and there's a lot of, uh, ma maintaining uh, people's expectations and a lot of that that goes into it. So it's not the easiest thing to do, but there's so much uh, really interesting dynamic ch shifts that have happened today on, on this day. Yeah, I think that um, one thing that you were just speaking about in terms of exposure is both a pro and a con. So like to Brittany's point, the VC black box, one of the big challenges for underrepresented founders is how often the goalposts move when they meet with VCs and investors. And they'll hear that they need to be at a certain revenue number and then they come back to the investor with that revenue number and all of a sudden it's not good enough. And so I do think that that's an advantage of crowdfunding in the sense that um, you do, by participating in crowdfunding, by using a platform like Republic, you are allowing your financials to be viewed by a third party and you're also verifying to the crowd the quality of your business. So it's not about any one person's opinion or any one firm's opinion. It's about what you've built and where it's going. Mm -hmm. And so I think there are some downsides to that in terms of, you know, now it's open. So other people can see that information too. And maybe you wouldn't want to disclose that otherwise, but it also means it's open. And when there's light shining on an area, then it helps to eliminate a lot of the problems that have existed so far. Yeah, I have a, a company. I think all four of us have some sort of side hustle. And I have a company, Arlen's Academy, and I, I talk in that academy very meta about not raising for it because um, I want to keep it indie. But I've actually thought about maybe I'll take it to the crowd because it there's a certain, you know, not to raise five million, but to raise a few hundred thousand. And I think there's beyond the capital. I really love the idea of so many people having ownership, having a piece of this. And for some companies, that's going to be really interesting. I think, you know, Chacho, do you think this 
would work this type of thing works as well for like a b2b company as it would for a b2c company or does anybody have any thoughts on that yeah i think it it does it kind of goes back to this um aspect of community and having a community around you because that's one of the key drivers that i see across the entire like um ecosystem of crowdfunding raises is folks who have a strong community behind them and um i mean if you think about it backstage it's kind of like a b2b so we've been able to do it and so mm -hmm. i think certainly it, it works um and it, it's um we put a lot of work into adding value to the 98 percent of companies that we don't invest in and that's part of the reason that it's seemingly like a, a really quick success, but like we've been putting in the work for years and years. And I even think about um, like Arlen when used to speak and we would be at these events pre-COVID and you would spend 30 minutes, an hour after you were done speaking when you could have easily left to go back to the hotel and take a well-deserved nap. But instead... <laughs> um you just you stuck around and talked to the founders and um followed up with people via email and we had a whole process around that which was super important to you and we see sort of that come to fruition on days like today mm -hmm. but absolutely um b2b works b2c works i don't think there's a limit on, in terms of the type of company that can raise on a crowdfunding yeah yeah um thank you chacho um I want to talk just very briefly about a couple of like a couple of questions we've seen. We've all seen the questions through our email and on social. So if there's any question that someone's asked that um, I don't mention, just bring it up for me because it'll be helpful. Um, so someone's asking, like a few people are saying, you know, I invested in the first go round. Does how does this affect me? And I just want to say that um, you know, there's some things that we can't talk about in this podcasts that that we have to keep either in the documents on the campaign page or we have to talk about with our investors only once we have an investor update but i will say you know that's because of legal reasons in the sec that's always why we wouldn't say something but i will say that since we started thinking about doing this the idea was we knew about this i guess in november when they made the announcement that the the change would happen and so our our um, intention has always been to raise up to five million. We don't know if we'll raise up to five. Depending on when you listen to this, we may have already raised five or we may have stopped at three or we're going to make that determination. But our intention was always to go beyond 1.07. And we, we, we kept the only thing we could say from February 1st to today, March 15th, was join the wait list. That's all we can say. Join the wait list. Join the wait list. We'll update you because we weren't legally allowed to say, hey, we're going to raise more. Um, so anyone who thinks that this negatively affects them, it's actually not. It's just the end part of what was a two-step process always. And so look at it as what your cash on cash results will be rather than what someone's investment might mean to yours. Um, and, and again, we can talk more about that to people who invest once we um, have these updates. I also say, and I said this from day one, please only invest what you are comfortable losing all together. This is venture and then this is uh, an experiment in venture. So we're already in a, in a very risky space and then we're doing something risky on top of that. 
the way that I look at this, and I feel conf confident and comfortable even putting this out there uh, for people to join, is that today we have 175 plus companies in our portfolio, and your $100 or $1,000 investment today um, is affected in some way, a butterfly effect in some way by each of those companies' outcomes. And so if it were just for one shot, um, for some reason, or if it was really, really, really diluted for just kind of symbolically, I would say, you know, might as well not do it. But I do think that if you hold, like we're suggesting to people, you put in only the amount you're you're uh, uh, able to kind of lose or just play with or get think of as your education amount, and then you hold and, and you're buying your way into so much education like Chacho talked about. You're buying your way into getting those uh, quarterly updates. And, and if nothing else, if you're an aspiring investor, it'll give you information that you can study for when you're making investments. And then on top of that, yes, you are part of impacting uh, uh, socially uh, in, in positive ways. So all of that, and then on top of that, we believe, we hope and pray, not pray, we hope that we will and aim to have uh, returns on top of the 1x. Um, we can't legally say that we will or promise it, but that is our intention. And let me just say this and then I'll stop and y'all can say whatever you wanna say. I wouldn't be in this business if I didn't think I was going to return more than what was given, you know, because there are many other ways to do this, like have an effect on the ecosystem that don't involve um, working at backstage. We just happen to believe through all of the, the learnings that we've had over the past five years and then the decade that I've been working on it that we're primed for this. And then somebody like Brittany, you've been working on You've been working in this place for almost a decade, but just in a, you know different uh, companies before this. Christy, you've been at you were at uh, a major company's VC arm before this. You were seeing this. This is how you found backstage. Chacho, you were searching for this, right? Um, so I just think that you kind of have to be in it for the for the full picture. Is my take on it? Anybody else have a take on on that? I think just looking at the comments on the Republic campaign page, the important thing to keep in mind is also when you make, if you make an investment and if you do, thank you, um, you're investing in the future of backstage, not the past. And so what I mean by that is we've done a ton of work to date, 175 portfolio companies, but we're just getting started. And so I think that's something that's really important to keep into consideration because there's a, a lot of upside here in terms of what we're going to be continuing to do and continuing to build. And so that SB should be- Regulation state that we're only saying there could be a ton of upside. There could be. <laughs> the registered trademark of Christy Pitts. That's it. That's all I say for now. <laughs> I have to do it. I, 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 but no, you, it's helpful though. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think just looking at some of the comments, um, they're kind of backwards looking in terms of evaluating the valuation, for example. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage people to to think, you know, your investment is from today forward. Yeah, I mean, the, the companies we've invested in in the past, they count when they have exits, if they do, towards what you're investing in today. But it's like, I think about it as you're painting a house, we put the primer on and you, we're just getting started with, 
wowing you uh, for the next decade plus. Exactly. Any other thoughts on that topic? Yeah, I think you're spot on when it comes to um, the money being willing to put in whatever you can lose, but then also it being for educational purposes, not, and you're obviously trying to make money, like that's first and foremost, but so many angel investors aren't just angel investing because they want to make some money. They're angel investing because they want to be on the front lines of the innovations of technology going forward. And if you think of it that way, when you're getting that for like a hundred dollars and sort of like we're opening the pantry, if you will, um, if we're staying on this house analogy, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really, really great deal, in my opinion. I mean, I think about Chacho back in 2016 when I was working at Sprint and I like didn't know Arlen or Backstage or I knew Arlen from Twitter, but like wasn't on the team. Like I would have invested in a heartbreak just for what? the for the access. Hopefully not a heartbreak, Chacho. And not a heartbreak in an instant. <laughs> but a heartbeat, yeah. I was, heartbeat. That too. yeah. I was thinking that too. I was like, even when I didn't have any money, I would have figured out a way because, and I'm not saying anybody should choose this over food. So, you know, that is your decision. But I'm just saying personally, like you, Chacho, at, when I was studying venture, I would have been in this, like, you wouldn't even have to tell me twice because especially if at this, the minimum, Absolutely. But we're never trying to like move th things from bank to bank and trying to, you don't need to do all that, right? Because there's going to be enough of us that come in and we're going to raise what we need to raise, but to come in at a hundred is awesome. And if you're listening to this and you've already made your investment, obviously, you know, we've sent you over from it. Um, yeah, I mean, for, we have people who have invested. I look today, people have invested from a hundred dollars to $50,000 in this reg cf and um you're if you put a hundred dollars in you're going to get the same information rights as someone who put fifty thousand dollars in because we're going to give everybody rights as if they did put fifty thousand dollars in right we're going to the highest common denominator um if that's yeah. and just to add like there's so much value in that so i mean i spend a lot of time doing a lot of our reporting that goes to our LPs of our funds. And yeah, that's really, really valuable information that I think just cannot be overstated. Just trying to understand what's happening in venture when for so long, so many people, so many underrepresented people have been locked out. So uh, we talk a lot about like lack of access to capital, but I think a huge problem is just lack of even that knowledge capital of knowing like, what is a fund? How are they making money? Like, how do I invest? What's a good company? All of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's been discussed, but yeah, that's just, I think it, I just want to make sure that that is something that people really get, that that's value is there on day one. And then personally, I'm here to deliver, like I'm working as hard as I can to um, deliver returns. That's right. It obviously can't say that I guarantee anything, but um, like I joined venture obviously to actually make, um, money i think there's a lot of money to be made especially in investing in overlooked founders and that's a, the thesis that i came in with it's a thesis i'll keep forever and i think that's something that um, hopefully people who did invest will get to see that upside but essentially just know that that's something that's core to at least um myself and the investment team here 
Yeah, I think that's a good time to, to point out to anyone who's still listening. Like, you know, I know a lot of people like to just press play and do their thing. So holler at you if you clean up the house right now. Um, is that there, even though we do talk about how, how, how impactful and helpful this is to backstage, we have made it work for five years plus. And so there is the case where we either get this money from someone else, like an institutional or a corporation, or we just kind of go on fumes or out of pocket and we keep more of the upside. And the idea of, you know, t t 20 or 30 people from the backstage team over the next decade getting upside, that's cool. But the idea of 5,000, 7,000, 8,000 people, maybe even more over time getting upside from backstage over the next decade, that's, that's amazing. And so it's not just a, hey, we, we, we need some money to keep going. It's a, we made a very specific decision to share our upside with so many people who have been um, um, helpful to us in the past and those who are just learning about us who wanna be part of this. Um, let's spend a, a little bit of time and kind of wrapping up. Let's just talk about for anybody who wants kind of like they're sold. They don't need us to say any more about this, but they do want to know how we operate day to day. Can we talk a little bit about your individual roles and what we do at backstage? Christy, you want to start? Yeah, I'll go first. Cool. So I'm on the investment team. So that means that I'm talking to startups, um, looking at opportunities for us to make investments. In addition to that, a big part of my role is supporting our portfolio. And so what that means is um, you know, several different programs that we run for them. We have a founder community where founders are helping each other with investment conversations, with product decisions, with talent, tons of different things, as well as um, a speaking of talent, we have a talent portal. So we have a jobs portal. You can go to jobs.backstagecapital.com to see more than 80 open jobs that our portfolio companies have right now. And our portfolio companies can view over a thousand people that have applied to be considered for a role when they open one. In addition to um, talent and community, we provide investor events, which Brittany plays a huge role in that. So I'll let you talk about that, Brittany. But a big part of what we do with, um, with the portfolio is helping them access that next check. And all, sometimes that check comes from us or sometimes it also comes from a syndicate that we help the founders um, put together. So it's all about helping the portfolio companies succeed in the long run and realize that return on our investment. Awesome. Brittany, talk about what you do at Backstage. Yeah, uh, so I'm also a, part, a partner on the investment team. Um, so the day-to-day -day mostly is um, talking to new startups that we're taking a look at and evaluating, um, but taking a step back. So I actually joined the team um, back in 2018, specifically to invest in some of the companies that come through our open application process. Um, so something that's core to Backstage is providing access to founders, um, providing them access to venture where a lot of funds, especially, I mean, I think it's a conversation that's happening a bit more these days in making sure that there are open channels for founders to access venture. But, you know, three, five years ago, that really wasn't uh, top of mind for a lot of VCs. But, you know, Arlen and Backstage had an open application for, I think, as long as the fund was around. And I came in and was essentially helping to evaluate those companies through the application um, and then oversaw and ran the application for our accelerator program. 
and then that has led to the kind of the day-to-day of meeting companies and um, selecting some for investment. And then Christy also mentioned some of the support that we provide founders. So I'd say another thing that um, we spend a lot of time working with building out our investor community so that we can be helpful when founders are fundraising uh, subsequent rounds. So most founders do end up raising more after we have invested. So we spend time working with um, the investor community to match founders when they're seeking additional capital um, on that front. And, And I did touch on this earlier. We also do provide updates and reporting on our management of the funds to our investors, which hopefully you are now one of them. Um, You essentially get kind of a view on the performance and how we're doing. So that's another aspect of, you know, just making sure we're good money managers um, with the fund. And I think that covers it. I feel like we also just do a lot of um, kind of ecosystem and like community stuff. Like I, I speak at a lot of things where I can actually connect with people who are interested in joining or becoming um, venture capitalists or founders that want to understand more of the space. Uh, we do office hours. So I feel like the list could go on and on. So I'll stop. I'll stop there. Yes, it is a lot of elbow grease. And I think, um, you know, we're not taking applications at this time, but I do think we'll be able to, uh, we'll want to bring a couple of new people on to help with operations, which would be really cool. <clears throat> um, and that's, that's important for future or current investors to know is that we're also going to, as our portfolio gets bigger, we will be taking on a little bit of more um, uh, help. Again, we're not taking applications right now, so just be on the lookout for that. Um, Chacho. Yes, so I'm a principal at the fund and Ireland's chief of staff. And so as a principal, I am helping uh, source deals, conduct due diligence, meet with founders, Um, support our portfolio and all the typical things that like an investor does. And then on the chief of staff type uh, side of things, um, Arlen is constantly playing sort of seven dimensional chess and making really strong strategic decisions around backstage as an entity and really always pushing the envelope there. And so my role is to um, like help be of any support to her that I can be, whether she's in a board meeting with the founder or she's talking to a potential LP, um, but just really kind of being that sounding board and really working hard to uh, be her sort of her right hand and um, get to the point where I can almost like make decisions um, coinciding with her and on her behalf. Mm-hmm. And do you, Chacho, do you make decisions on my behalf that I don't know it? <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just don't know. All right. Yeah. So you can, as you can hear, there's a lot that goes on. I haven't even gotten into what I do day to day. I think we'll leave it for the other, another time. But needless to say, you have, as Brittany brought up earlier, you have people waking up every single day ready and working on this um, and just excited. So super enthusiastic about this raise. Again, if you've listened this far, thank you so much. Thank you for investing. Thank you for observing. Hey, if you don't have a hundred bucks and you just can't make it happen, don't worry. Like you'll, you'll be able to see some of the stuff that we do and, and we'll always come back to the community as we, 
um, as we continue. And one day you will be able to like this is it's okay if you're missing it this time. It's okay. Um, so uh, having said all that, any any last words, anything that anybody I didn't catch or something that we should point out or that you just want to say to the peeps? I just want to say thank you to all the investors who've come in already. I'm so yeah. excited to work with you. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, mine's a big thank you too. I'm looking forward to getting to know some of the investors as well. It's going to be a fun, fun group. Yeah, big thanks for me as well. I think I feel a greater sense of responsibility now that we have thousands and thousands of investors in a very good way. And so um, constantly trying to level up my game. And this is just like adding uh, gas to the fire. Yes, yes. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for making it possible for me to keep this team together and for us to then go do what we do out in these tech streets. Um, give us a little grace, give, give us a little time to kind of catch up. Um, but we have a lot of things in store and a lot of things on the on the burner that we haven't even got been able to tell you yet. So just hang tight. Um, we'll come to you when we need you and we'll, we'll, we are so grateful to you and excited to have you on board. That's it for this episode. Thank you, Chacha. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Brittany. Uh, this is Arlen and we're out.